All right. Welcome to Voice to a rant, to a podcast, to something you can listen to, to gather yourself together and listen to and keep yourself entertained. Um, Interesting story. I've been wanting to do this for probably about a year. I mean, I've known podcasts exist since I don't know how long, but it's probably about a year and a half ago where I heard it. And then a year ago, I asked myself, why can't I do one or why can't I speak when I've always been told that I speak too much or that uh, <laughs> I'm actually a good speaker, whatever. Um, I've actually practiced a couple times making these bad boys happen. <sighs> and I haven't gotten around something that I like, so. But I've decided, you know, there's I need to stop this fear of putting myself out there or I need to stop this fear of um, speaking to the world, which... I'm sure I'm not the only one that's feeling that, you know, like how many times do we do we actually see a photo or how many photos do we have to take before we actually post it because we care about so much about what other people think and I'm at a point in my life where what people think it's it's not it's not it's not nearly as important um compared to what I think of myself or compared to of the things that I feel like I need to do or I want to do. This podcast, not this episode in general, this general podcast or whatever content I might produce regarding this podcast, um, I want to dedicate it to two people. And that the two people are going to be my brother and my sister. <clears throat> two people that have stuck with me or have been around me when I've needed them the most. Maybe not physically. I mean, I haven't lived in the same city as them for more than two months for about 10 years, nine years. But these are two people that have been my pillars of strength that have been there throughout the best and the worst times. I wish there were more there were they were there more on my best times, but I'm sure that I'll work positively to make that happen. Um the topic, the simple topic today is just introducing myself and I'm gonna tell you the story of who I am from there. You might get together of who who I've been and who I am and who I wanna be and how that all of that is gonna evolve into something. So again, this is completely dedicated to my brother and my sister. I've seen the struggles that they've gone to that they've, that they've gone through and they've seen the struggles that I've gone through and those are the first two people I feel like calling when I'm going through something good and the first two people I'll call where I feel like I'm going through something bad and it's crazy how much our relationship has evolved through time. Um, I'll tell you a story. I was born in um, Venezuela. I was born there at a very, you know, good time, I guess. Um, I lived there for the first eight years of my life. And then when I was seven or eight, I moved to Miami, which I consider my hometown now. Um, I moved to Miami and studied there the second and the third grade. 
um, in that time, I, I joined my first soccer team, being seven or eight. I used to go outside in the, I remember clearly, we had a backyard, and I used to go, and I used to pretend in my head that I was a soccer player and that I was playing in a stadium, and, and I would just kick the ball around, and it was just just good times, you know. I actually picked up soccer from one of my, my sister's uh, boyfriends. He was a big Barcelona fan, and I was like seven years old. When he would come to my sister's house, to, well, to our house, to watch the soccer games. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Anyway, lived in Miami for two years. I went to elementary school there. It was good times. I mean, I couldn't complain. I had a bike. I had neighbors. I played soccer twice a week. Times were good. After that, when I was nine, I came in. Um, I came back to Venezuela. Um, and then I did my early, early life there. I went. I, I lived in Venezuela since I was nine. Again, nine or ten till I was fifteen. Shit, that's only five years. That's not that much. But in that time, um, the first challenges arise in my life, and it was simply like adjusting back to, to a new school. Like I was, I was just learning a new language and then going back to my old language, and like school systems were so different. It was, it was a tough moment. I remember I tried to study, and, and that shit didn't work for me. Like I would still get not such good grades. And till then, I got a hang of it, and then my grades started getting a little bit better. Thankfully, in Venezuela, the sports are super good. Um, I started playing all kinds of sports, doing all kinds of things like activities. Since uh, as soon as I got there, I joined clubs, I joined school teams, I joined everything, and that's where kind of my love for physical activity kind of kind of started. Um, I I actually my my love was purely soccer. I could care about I I could have I could have cared about anything else, but anyway. Um, Sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I mean, it was great times. And I remember in, in in seventh or eighth grade, I had the opportunity to to join a soccer team. And to join the soccer team, you actually you actually had to try out. And there was like seventy or eighty kids trying out. And um, it was the the most <laughs> the most exciting moment of my life at that time. Actually, making the cut of that team. Actually, in the middle of that preseason that I was going, I was kicking a ball, and um, I felt something pop in like my quad, my quadricep, and it hurt for the whole preseason. There was all kinds of running and stuff that we had to do, and like it was my only sole dream to make this team. Like I could care about anything else in the world, but joining and making this team. And till till till, till the day, I still have like a hole in my quad. Where if you if you make me flex, you'll see it. And like I told, I mean now I know I probably tore my quad, but at, at the time I just didn't care. I put some heat and cold on it, and I just went to practice two times a day to try to make that soccer team. It was a huge development um, in my life to see to, to see in that time how how I actually pushed myself to different limits because I wanted such an like an end result. And when I achieved that end result, it was it was just great. From that. A great feel, feel of confidence came around, and I mean, I even took the guts and I saw, I said, "Hey, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be a soccer player." I didn't care anything. I told it to my teachers, I told it to my best friends, I said it to my family. Like all I did every day, all day, was play soccer. So at 15, my mom, I my mom, I just I told my mom, "Hey, mom, I want I want to go to Argentina." Um. I want to play soccer. I want to do some tryouts here. I want to test myself, you know. I don't know if, you know, general tryouts or so. I don't know. 
she was great enough to actually send me, send me there, and I was there for about three months, and I actually did get a couple of tryouts, and I trained with different people, and like to, with with a local club in the city that I stayed at, and it really evolved me. Like I I lived day to day like what being a soccer player would be like. I would wake up in the morning, train, go to the gym, and then train again. You know, like three training sessions a day for three months. Like that definitely made me a different type of player, and it definitely put me towards the path or where I wanted to, of where I wanted to be. But I, I still wasn't there. I was not there. So flew back to Venezuela. I was on a U18 team at this time. Um, my spot was there. You know, everything was good. And then, boom, my mom, with the situation of my country, she decided that I, ha- I was going to move back to, to the States, to Miami. Fortunately, we had a, a home there. Um, and I moved there with my dad and started back in, like, junior year. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what I'm going to do now is uh, I'm going to practice and play for college. And, and I'm going to figure all this stuff out, you know. Like, I'm still going to play soccer. This is all I cared about. The college recruitment process, like, I had no idea what the hell that was. And I had no it, – it's pretty complex. But, thankfully, my, my game played enough. My game was there enough. And, like, I started playing in showcases. And I started getting all these emails from, from coaches that they wanted to see me and whatnot. And then three months after, boom, I had an ACL tear. I was 17 years old. Um, at the time, I felt my, my life ended, you know. <laughs> Sounds dramatic, but that's how I felt at the time. And I had surgery, and then after surgery, I was like, okay, no, I'll come back. I'll do things again. But things just, just weren't the same. And, you know, that's at 17, I had faced two moves. I had faced, you know, quad tear during something that I really wanted and I had faced an ACL tear so I had faced a good bit of adversity at the time and little did I know or little do I know now that that's kind of shaping me or ha- or things like that shape me into who I am today and are going to shape me into who I'm going to be in the future um anyway it's ACL surgery it was terrible. It was so painful. Six months out, um, my insurance was like shit, and like it only covered four months of physical therapist. And I had a physical therapist named Julia. I remember her. I had a crush on her. It was it was great. <laughs> and she recommended that I start something called CrossFit so I can get my quads strong and I can never suffer from this injury again. At the time, I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go to a CrossFit gym. There was one like nearby, like my ex-girlfriend's house and like we went together and like I was like oh shit this is fun this is exciting I can go fast and I can beat people at working out and wow did that feel good just beating people just felt so good but at the same time I was also super weak super skinny super scrawny coming back from an ACL surgery and like super young I was 17 like I said 18 maybe I had turned at that time it's 2012 um in that time, I started doing CrossFit. I started feeling and fading like soccer just wasn't going to go my way. Like, I just was not playing the same. Like, I had changed positions. Like, stuff wasn't flowing my way, you know? And, like, it was a very hard decision for me to make, but it was it. Like, I was not going to go to college and pay for, you know, to play in a soccer team. Like, that was just, like, that was just never an option. Like, if you have to pay to play, like, what, what the hell is the point, you know? 
You're supposed to get paid to play. That's what I thought. So I graduated high school, had nothing going for me college-wise um, in regards to soccer. I didn't have my papers. I didn't have my green card yet. So um, I decided to just wait and wait till I had my green card until I, 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 I kind of like I could pay to college. You know, we could pay for college better and it would be better. In that time, I had to figure something out to do. So I was just like looking online what the hell to do. And there was this thing called CrossFit Level 1. Again, this was 2012. So damn, I've been certified for a long time. <sighs> Went there, took the certification, took the test and passed. And it was just wonderful. After I came out of that certification, I was expect- expecting some sort of glorified something from my CrossFit gym, like a discount or something. I was paying $125 a month. What? And they didn't give it to me. And I was like, what? Nah, I'm going to train myself. I'm tough. I'm going to train my house. So at the time, I had this job. I was working in the soccer, a little, a little soccer spot. Like, they would rent soccer fields, and I would, like, be there to charge them and, like, give them new balls or sell them waters or beers, I guess. And um, I was like, I'm going to look online. I'm going to buy a barbell, and I'm going to do my thing. You know? I was 18 again. So I was like, oh, shit. I went to roguefitness.com. I clearly remember and uh, <laughs> I saw these packages, like, oh, five people class pack, eight people class pack. And I was like, damn, I can probably teach this to some people. I can probably get three people, and I can teach them, you know, to CrossFit and to work out and to, you know, be cool. And I was like, shit, I'm certified. I could do this, you know, in a certification. <laughs> I mean, I had some knowledge, but I clearly, clearly had no idea what I was doing. In this soccer field that I was at, um, there was like this space that they had for parties and stuff. And I was like, hey, guys, like, would, would you guys open a gym there? And they're like, uh, I, di- I didn't make this up myself. I had seen this in, in another soccer place that was in, my, in the same city that I was in. So I was like, why don't we do that here? And they're like, yeah, shoot us a proposal. I went online. I, I don't know. I don't know. My, my proposal said like how much money I could pay them, basically. And I remember I said I could pay you by percentage. I'll give you 30% of everything that I make. And they're like, okay. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do three months free rent. Shit, like I think about this now and it was crazy. They're gonna give me, they, were, they gave me three months free rent and then the rent started at $1,000 and it'll go up $250 a month until the rent rate reached $3,000. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the, the contract stated you're going to pay $3,000 a month or 30% of your revenue depending what's more. I was like, shit, that's great. <laughs> I bought my equipment. My mom let me, I think it was like $4,000. And then my dad helped me get a credit card for like 8000 something like that. I got a couple medicine balls, a couple barbells, a couple things. And like, boom, I just put it up there with the flooring. Bang. I suddenly had a gym. I didn't know how it happened, but it happened. Um, at 18 years old, I was owning my first business and I was running a gym. Three months free rent and then really cheap rent for a lot of months. And it was fucking amazing. And I had no idea how the fuck to get people in that space. I had just no clue. <laughs> so the first three months passed and I had one or two members. I had nobody. And like then we started paying rent. And then I can remember I had a couple of people and I was training them here and there. I found out about Groupon. And... uh I, sh- I opened a Groupon, and then, bang, people started showing up. I charged $45 per month. 
to train people every single day. Like, how cheap was that? How did I expect to make it? The worst part is I had like 40 or 50 members, and I was making some kind of money, probably enough to pay for my rent, but <laughs> instead of doing that, I would get that debit card, and I would go out to parties, and I would just swipe that thing and be like, damn, I'm a badass. I got money. Boom. Add pictures of Lambos in my screen, so I had all these pictures of trying to have money. <laughs> but no, that just wasn't working for myself. Uh, a year later, I find myself completely burnt out coaching class. My, my schedule was, I had, a cl- I had a class 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and then a class 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I used to coach all those classes technically. Like a lot of, a lot of classes, people wouldn't show up. And I had a lot of classes with like one or two people. But I would be there every day, every day, every single day. And like I had no, I had no idea what hard work was. Like no clue. I was just trained. You know, and a couple of friends would come by and they would train with me. And it was, wow, one of the greatest experience. Like, if, if my friends, you know, if, if you know, you know, if you know who I'm talking about, if you're listening to this, man, you guys know that we had a great time hitting up Crossbox. That's what the gym was called. I'm 19. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I had an opportunity to sell all my equipment. I sold it. Um, I had to pay back some debt. And I didn't. I, I, I left that place owing them like $3,000. It wasn't good. I still owe them that money. I guess technically I still owe them that money. But whatever, no harm feelings. They just let it go. They ran another gym there after me, and it was great. Didn't make any money. Technically didn't lose any money. I had a great time for a whole year. And it was a great experience. It showed me and it sparked a fire of an entrepreneurship of who I wanted to be and what I could do. And there was a lot of things that I was doing well. I had, I had a couple coaches at some time, you know. It was, it was interesting. After that, you know, crossroads, dilemma. What the fuck am I going to do next? Am I going to open a gym? Hell no, I'm never going to do that again. That's what I said for the first three months. And then I was like, yeah, I need to open another gym. As soon as I started working at other CrossFits, I, I worked at a gym called CrossFit 305. They owned Sterling Road CrossFit and CrossFit A1A. I, I coach in all these three gyms. I coach at CrossFit Doral for, for, for a little bit. That's where I actually started CrossFitting. I kind of ran Powerbox CrossFit, some gym that was there for a little little while, but it was it was just rough. I didn't know enough about the business, and I was trying to do a lot of things, and I was trying. I had, I had an ego as well. I guess I'll still do. I worked at a gym called Cooper City CrossFit. You know, you look at all these listing things, and I'm telling you, like, these are a lot of CrossFit that I worked at. I worked at, and it was like I was coaching a lot, and I was making like what I don't know, like twenty five hundred bucks a month, being nineteen, living with my mom, and paying nothing. I would spend everything on shit. Thankfully, I had this idea, and I said, every money, every cent that I make, I'm going to grab it, and I'm going to go ahead and buy equipment. So I would go on Rogue.com, and I'll buy something, and I would store it in my garage. Six months later, I had a bunch of plates, a bunch of medicine balls, a bunch of boxes. I had a bunch of stuff. And the best part about all of that is that I would go to on Craigslist, and on every single web page that they will sell equipment for cheaper, I would go there every single day and look for bargain deals and look for cheap stuff. You know, good quality, but cheaper because people didn't want them. It came to a point that Powerbox CrossFit, the gym that I got, I was working at, and I actually got fired from there. Yep. Um, they were closing up because they were not doing well, and they were selling all of their equipment for like $14,000. 
And it was a lot of equipment. We're talking like a full facility full of equipment. Um, my mom stepped in again. And I was like, Mom, let's invest in this. Like, I want to have another gym. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. And she was like, okay, cool. I told her, like, if, if I, I'm, I'm going to have it. If it doesn't work, if I can't open a gym in the next three or four months, I'm going to sell it. And then get the money back and get, pay you back. Okay, cool. We bought the thing and we, we bought the equipment and it was all stored in storage. And okay, I'm coaching at a gym now. I have all this equipment in, in, in a storage and I had no idea what to, do, what, to, what to do with it. At that time, I had a girlfriend. We broke up. I was depressed. It was terrible. And um, I went to Venezuela trying to like seek my, seek my, I don't know, trying to figure my shit out speaking to my brother and all that stuff, and like it was decided. Like I, I wanted to have another gym. I wanted to do this again. I just didn't know how. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, well, I'll help you open up a gym. Like We'll go 50-50. 30-30-30. It was two partners that I have had. At that time, um, that's how my next venture started, and that was when I was 21, turning 22. That's how I opened up CrossFit Shazam. Now, this place was three times bigger than my first gym. And I had three times the responsibilities and the things that I needed to do. And that's when stuff started getting, like, kind of real. And that's what kind of sparked me into who I am now completely. Like, it's been a whole series of things that I've kind of told you about. But this is where where the deep work happened, you know. We opened up and, and the rent was like $6,000 to begin with and then we were renting out like one-third of the space to a jiu-jitsu school. Um, two, three months in, we figured that shit out. Like, that was not working. Like, it wasn't working. The jiu-jitsu school will make us, like, lower the volume and it, w- it was like shit. And this time, I was putting my soul, heart, and effort into this thing. Like, I would coach every single class. I did not care. You know, like, I wanted everything to be absolutely perfect from the floor to the music to the Instagram posts to, like, the website. Like, I, I did the website. I would do the Instagram. I would coach. I would make sure the playlist was there. I was trying to train myself. I was trying to do all of these things, you know. started getting to a point that I was starting to get tired. And, you know, I started, like, taking my business partner and being like, hey, like, you're going to have to coach. And he'd never coached before, and he, he, he was certified, but he had never coached before. But then I started working with him into, like, becoming a better coach, like, watch me, just copy me, this is why we do this, this is what we do that, and he turned out to be an okay coach. Business was freaking booming, you know? People were coming in the door, people were signing up as compared to my other gym, but I had a $6,000 rent. It got to a point that the jiu-jitsu school wasn't, wasn't working and we took told the space out and then the rent went up to 8900 And in the process of us acquiring all these members to, 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 to reach that $8,900 rent, we were not meeting our rent payments in time. And the landlord was nice enough not to kick us out. He was like giving us warnings and warnings and warnings and it, it, we ended up having... At the, at the end, we were having a $40,000 debt. Like, this is by, by the time I, 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 I left the gym. We had a $40,000 debt. And um, we expanded the gym. A bunch of things started happening for us. You know, the hard work was there. I had started working for a company called Lululemon. 
Um, so I was working 35 hours a week at Lululemon, and I was working another 30 at at Shazam, trying to you know keep growing at Lululemon because Lululemon was making me some sort of money, my income, and then working at Shazam like no money, like I was not getting paid anything. I wasn't getting paid anything, and I was just doing it. In, in that whole time, like, we had a third business partner, and the guy would never do anything, and the guy wasn't putting any money in, and I needed help. You know, my, my, my one business partner wasn't just doing what he just wasn't cutting it for me. Like, he just really wasn't. And my best friend was around, and he, he was going through a fucking weird time. He was working at a pizzeria, you know, like, for, like, I don't know how many fucking hours. And I was like, dude, like, why don't you come do this with me, man? Why don't you stop this shit, and why don't you come do this with me? And he was like, okay, cool. Slowly he came in and like he started working like front desk, you know, and like a couple little things. I didn't really know how to manage him or manage anyone technically. And then in Lululemon, I I started getting all these these leadership skills, which I've I've tried to keep evolving with time. You know how to speak in front of people, how to speak and lead others, and come from a place of wonder and compassion. And I was learning all these things, and I was just so fucking in love with this company. This company was teaching me how to write goals, and this company was teaching me how to do all these amazing things, you know? And I was trying to apply that to my business as much as I can, and and it was kind of working. I had a beautiful business. Like, my walls were beautifully painted. I had a... We, we had a beautiful equipment. We had started getting shower in there. We were paying all these stuff. We were getting all these members, but the more members we got, the more the expenses were, dri- were being driven up. But anyway, um, Luis it was a person that um, he, 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 with this process in time, we started living together. He became my best friend. He became my brother. You know, with this guy, till this day I can go, I can go to war and things will, will work out. I feel will work out well for us. Um, we started working our asses off, like our asses off. Like how can we fill this fucking gym with people? We made two new programs. We had At one point, we had three programs, a challenge, a fitness, a nutrition challenges. We were doing competitions. We were doing parties. We were doing all these things to try to get to like 200 members that we had to get to, to try to like make money for ourselves. A bunch of things kind of went wrong with time, you know. We, we I found myself, this was, you know, six months ago. I found myself um, owning this business that had about 170 members. You know, that's a great achievement that I'm very proud of. But these 170 members was not enough to pay me and my two business partners. And was not enough to pay everything in the gym. And I found myself after two and a half years at a crossroads. Again, I had this girlfriend and it doesn't matter who she is or what 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 she meant in my life. It just she made me, you know, figure out like, hey, what what is it that are you going to what what are you going to do with your life? You know, like how are you going are you are you ever going to buy a house? Are you ever going to buy, you know, are you ever going to live a, a travel, live a prosper life? It had been two years of strict grind. And I started thinking about these things and I started putting myself in a position where like, damn, I need to be more financially stable. In this time that I owned this business, I lost my car. My car got repossessed. Like they cut my electricity. My 
my my internet was cut constantly like for a while like I had no food to eat it was fucking like I'm telling you like no food like I couldn't go to the grocery store I had to pay with the gym card which I I shouldn't have done but like I had to because I had to get some food going you know I had to I had to get money from my sister I had to get money from my brother to pay for rent it was just it was just for real it was just one of the it was just a really hard time in my life um I had quit Lululemon I wasn't making any money I had quit a manager job at Lululemon just to focus 100% on this dream, on this goal that I had, which was owning a gym, you know, something, the only thing that I've been doing for my whole life has been owning a gym and has been doing fitness and teaching classes and inspiring people. And in November 2018, I just said, I can't do this anymore. I walked out from this second gym that I owned, which I was extremely proud of, and it had become a part of me. It was my identity. I was Roger, the guy who owned Shazam, and I was Roger, the guy that worked at Lululemon and owned Shazam, and that was just who I was, and, you know, people followed me, and some people, like, were inspired by me, and that's just who I was, you know? Um, I sold it, and I had so many things to pay for, and I had such little money management skills at the time that I, I sold it for, like, I don't know, $10,000, not, I don't know, it was $10,000, and all that money just fled away in shit and paying it, um, in December, I decided to move to Houston, Texas, with my, my girlfriend at the time, to go live with my brother, to go live with my brother, and to not, not go live with my brother, but to be near my brother, and he offered me a job, doing something, you know, what I'm doing right now, I'll talk about more, I'll talk a little bit about it uh, right now, and I was like, hey, do you want to do this, and she said, yeah, and now we were like, yeah, let's do this, I sold everything in my apartment just to move down here and, like, not have to move everything, and I moved here, I moved here first by myself, um, because whatever, and then my girlfriend, actually, she never moved back, she never came, came now, she, she just stayed in Miami, and like, I came, I, she never came, so I, I found myself in the beginning of this year, um, having lost my business, my relationship with my best friend was kind of broken at the time, all these people that I was working for and working with for such a long time of my life were just absolutely gone. And, yeah, it was just, it was just shit. And I suffer from, which it sucks to say, and it, it kind of seems a little bit, a little bit weird, but I, I do suffer from depression. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go AWOL. I'll stop talking to people. I will dig myself up a hole and start eating fast food and, like, just forget about myself and my body and just kind of, like, I felt suicidal, which, again, it sucks to say. And, like, I don't know if saying that in front of people is that cool, but I felt suicidal plenty of times in my life. And in the past, you know, a couple of months, I, I felt that as well. Um... 
I had th- I had this this business and I had this job and I had this future that I was going for and then suddenly I didn't have anything. I had five hundred dollars in my bank account and a job that I hated. So I, I came to Houston and I I I started installing Directv satellite dish on people's houses, which my brother was doing and it's a good job. It makes good money. I hate it. I fucking hate it. That's the reason I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm doing this and I figured myself out. I had to figure out what I hate and who I don't want to be to make sure who I do want to be, you know? I, the fitness world and the fitness industry just absolutely amazes me. Working out just makes me fucking happy. And everything that I want to do is own a gym and, and do it again. And my dad asked me, like, you're really going to do that again? You've come through it. It's like you're hitting yourself through the same wall. And I'm like... Dude, it's like you asked you asked me to make a hot dog, and the first time I fucking fucked the hot the hot dog up. The second time it was kind of good, and the third time, what do you think it's gonna be? You think it's gonna be kind of good? It's gonna shit, or it's gonna be better? You know, I feel the third time, <laughs> or whatever time, so many times he has to take me to, for me to make this happen. Like, it's 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 gonna be better, and it's gotta be. You know, and. I've gone through all these hardships, you know, we, we, we talked about moving, moving when I was young, having ACL surgery, ending my soccer career, we talk about failing a business when I was 19, we talk about getting fired from jobs a little bit, kind of, when I was in the middle, in the midst between owning a gym and another one, we talk about going through the hardest times where basically there was, there was no sleep for me, having a job and owning a gym, and, and then here we are now. Where we are now at this point is I have, I have projects of things that I, I've discovered that I want to do. But what I've discovered the most in this time is that owning a business is just absolutely, not owning a business, owning a gym is just my absolute purpose. Like I came to this world to do great things and do them through a vessel that revolves around fitness. And at the time I find myself having three jobs just to try to make money again, be financially sound, so I can have my gym again. And the reason I want to share this story, and if you've made it, made it this long, thank you. And the reason I want to tell you this story is because you can be going through fucking absolute shit. And you will be going through absolute shit in the most unexpected moments of your life. When you're going through that absolute shit, it's essential that you look deep within yourself and you ask yourself the questions that you never or you've been afraid to ask before. What's your purpose? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do that? What makes you happy? And then grab all these things and don't take fucking no for an answer. The world is full of resources and the world is full of things that you can do to make whatever dream that you want happen at any given moment in time. It's going to take hard work. 
it's going to take focus and determination. And you're going to fail daily, weekly. You're going to fail so many, th- so many times before you figure out who you really want to be and what the path is that you need to take. A lot of people make, pod- make podcasts from success stories. They're very successful, and then they come and they talk about it. Me? I, I consider myself very successful as well. I've succeeded in doing a lot of things at a very young age that have not financially represented my success, but they have felt very successful. And I want to take this vessel and this opportunity for me that I have to speak about these experiences to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You need to be absolutely self-aware again and ask these questions. What do you want to do? Okay, you want to be whatever. What do you have in this moment in time? What tools do you have that can help you get one step closer to that goal? I want to have a gym, but I can't open a gym tomorrow. I can't. Just financially, like, I can't. And there's a lot of things that I need to go through again to have something that I know is going to work. And it's, it's been taking deep work. It's been taking reading and studying and going to different gyms and learning how to speak more, learning how to put myself out there to start my own brand and do my own, th- my own things. It's taken stepping out of my comfort zone to do jobs that I don't necessarily like. But doing these jobs have made me find my purpose. I've made me remind myself that, yep, nope, what I do want to do is own a gym and be involved in the fitness industry. If you're having it rough right now, trust me, there are other people in this world that have it rougher than you, that have it harder than you. It's your duty and your responsibility to dust yourself up, be grateful for what you have, and understand that time is ticking every single day. And you say you're going to do that tomorrow, and you say you're going to do that later, and you say you're going to start that diet next week, and you say you're going to, you know, just one little sweet here, oh, just one little beer here. It's not like that. It's the small actions in our life that sincerely add up in the bigger picture. Instead of taking up, you know, drinking a couple times a week, take up drinking a gallon of water a couple times a week. Take up meditation. It sounds crazy. It sounds being mindful. It sounds weird. No, it's a thing. Take up meditation. Take up reading. Make sure you get your workouts in. Make sure you get the best out of your workouts. Make sure you spend some time alone and you figure out what the hell it is you want to do. Close your eyes and imagine yourself. What is the ideal life for you? What is it? And work every single goddamn day to make that happen for yourself. And it's not going to be easy, and it's not supposed to be easy. But don't be 50 years old or 60 or whatever age, I don't know, and look back and down and say, damn, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have spent my life doing this. I wish I could have gone here or done that. 
list where you want to travel, list what you want to drive, you know, tell me where you want to live and figure it out. And it's going to take you so much time, but the sooner you start, the better it's going to be. And if somebody's around you telling you, ha ha, you can't do that. Or like, what the hell? You're crazy. Why are you making a podcast? Or why are you making a video? Tell them to go fuck themselves. Those are the people that are too scared to do it, themse- to do it themselves. And they're just going to shy down and tell you, no, don't do that. I, had a, I got a video, my, somebody sent me a video yesterday, and it was like, some, it's, it's not okay to follow your passion. Sometimes you need to take some opportunities in something that you necessarily don't want, and I was like, what? If somebody's sending me this from the couch, and like, what is your passion? If you understand what passion meant, you understand that yes, if you follow that, if you follow your fucking passion, it will happen for you. It doesn't matter. You're a fucking limitless human being that can do whatever the hell you want. And I'm tired and sick and tired of looking peop- looking at people walk into the gym and just have a body that they don't like or drive a car they don't like. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you you're not going to go through those times, through those things yourself sometimes. Yeah, you are. You have to. You have to pay your dues. But you can't reach a certain point in your life and just still be there. The 1% cannot fucking beat 1%. The richest fucking person in the world has hands just like you do. I know culture and diversity and that all that takes a role into it. But come on. Dust yourself up. Grab all of your failures. And then find a fucking way to make these things happen. And don't let laziness or insecurities or fear stop you. And when they do, start back up. And do it, and one day, it's going to motherfucking hit. Like one day, it's going to hit for me. One day, it will hit for you.